Hey there, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. I love when you say that, the official podcast. Feels good, it just, man. It sounds so official. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, this is uh, Dr. Jack R. Mitchell here along with the esteemed John Bricado. John Bricado. And so today, I must say that, um, you know, I always, everybody says, oh, this guy, Jack Mitchell's always seen this so special, blah, blah. They're all you know, special. And, well, listen, they have been, right? I mean, yeah. when we go to Alaska, we talk about Gatsby 96. I mean, everything is pertinent for us school business officials. So um, this is a little bit different, though. This is like, I don't want to say it's taboo. And, and I said in the podcast, it's not really controversial, but it is a hot button. Politics. Politics is huge. We're not talking about, so, you know, U.S. politics. We're talking about the politics of being an SBO um, within a district. And so we have a true seasoned veteran. And so could you um, let us just know who we have on today? Yeah, today we have Dr. Sam Jurgis. He's the assistant superintendent at Sayville Public Schools. And we brought him on because as you'll you'll hear throughout the episode, he has a lot of great experience and specific to kind of just dealing with this Jackson, the, just the political nature of the job. So our jobs are incredibly complicated just in the nuts and bolts of what we do. But I don't think we talk about the political nature of what we do too yeah. often. So we thought it was a good idea to bring Sam on today to just walk us through his experience and just give some advice in terms of what he thinks school business officials can do effectively to really just deal with those political issues that we deal with uh, in our seats. So a really great conversation. And I know I say that every week, but it was. <laughs> really it was. No, to but it's to important, you too. You don't want to kill, yeah. kill your career. It's about yeah. self-preservation, right? You got to learn that. It really is. And that's what it is about. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you enjoy our conversation today with Dr. Sam Jurgis. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Sam Jurgis, Assistant Superintendent for Business at Sayville Public School. Sam, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Sammy. Thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know I had to get Sammy on here. And he's smiling <laughs> right now. Coming, right? As I say that, I'm smiling too. Listen, <laughs> I'm not calling him Dr. Sammy because he is a doctor. Listen, I got to tell you one thing for everyone listening. Um, he is someone I looked up to when I got in his industry. So I must say that he knows it too. Uh, he knows when I was working on my doctoral at the same university, following his footsteps. And, you know, he was the first person I think that I saw coming from the banking industry and being successful. And that's where I came from as well. And maybe we'll get into maybe some of that a little later on. But Sammy is my brother from another mother. We, we hang out. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much fun outside of school business, but of course, we haven't gotten conversations and we pass on information. And so, um, you are unique to our podcast. And the reason why I want to say that is that you have the experience of, you know, not necessarily on the superintendent level, like we had some others or HR or things like that, but you had the BOCES aspect and you've been in multiple districts. And so, we want to talk about this topic today that we think. You know, it's it's not controversial, but it is it is a hot button. It's the politics, right? The school business. And so um, you know that you've seen it. And so before we really get into it, 
again, I know you very well, um, and even John to a certain degree, but could you just let all this us know, you know, about yourself, experiencing maybe where you've been, you know, you, you know, your background, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for that incredible uh, introduction. I'm, I'm, I'm truly honored to have <laughs> heard that. Um, and as you said, I, uh, I did come from the financial sector, um, education-wise. Um, I did, uh, I did receive my undergraduate in economics from Boston University, um, and then um, worked on Wall Street during a pretty interesting time. Uh, mm-hmm. Started in 2001. I worked in the energy industry uh, for Hess, the the big oil. Uh, conglomerate, and then at Morgan Stanley um, in the mid office, um, and then got out a directional shift and worked in higher ed for four years, where I was fortunate to get uh, to obtain my uh, my degrees in administration. And uh, mm-hmm. at the end of uh, one, I started uh, a joint administrative and doctoral program. Um, after I after that, I worked in Plainville Bethpage uh, uh, Central School District as the assistant business administrator with, uh, you know, my, my good friend, trusted colleague, Ryan Ruff, um, for four years and then became the assistant yes. superintendent in Huntington, um, in, uh, 2012, um, uh, really cut my teeth there because, um, after a year there, I, I assumed in addition to the business office, half of the HR responsibilities and, uh, really kind of dove in there because, um, that, uh, and that gentleman went to be superintendent elsewhere. So, uh, my colleague and I were kind of thrown into that mix and, uh, in the fire, by fire, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, opportunity arose in uh, the South Country School District, which was actually a real uh, uh, good challenge. Okay. Uh, that's how I looked at it. Um, there were for five years, and then I uh, got the call about Bosey's opening up in HR, which was uh, you know a position I was I was kind of interested in at the time. And I went over to Eastern Suffolk Bosey's. Unfortunately, you know, walked in uh, two months prior to COVID. So another yeah, baptism by fire situation in terms <laughs> yeah. of dealing with COVID, but also learning the nuances of really a monstrous organization mm-hmm. that uh, has tremendous influence, not just in Eastern Suffolk and Long Island, but also throughout the state. And, uh, you know, one of the, the districts that uh, is one of Envy, um, I knew the business official there very well. He said he was retiring. He gave me the call and said, hey, you, you know, may you want to th- throw your hat in. And uh, been at Sable since. So um, I've had the base, the HR experience, I've had the business experience, and in one place I actually have to cover the curriculum office for several months um, due to a vacancy. So um, the baptism by fire over time has definitely uh, uh, helped out, but uh, it's also given a, a unique perspective to what we're discussing um, today as well. Because as a business official, in order to navigate some of those politics, it, you can't have a monolithic view. You really have to have that wide perspective in order to not just survive, but also, you know, help people make the right decisions. Yeah. Well, well Stan, that's a, a really interesting background you have. And I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to bring you on is because you have such a swath of experience, both from HR, uh, you, you, curriculum. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. And as, and, you know, as a school business official as well. So you kind of alluded to it already, but, you know, we'd like to know in your experience, why is it so difficult sometimes to really navigate the politics uh, as a school business official? And how have you maybe have seen that evolve over time? That's a it's a really great question, and it's and it's a really important question, especially for new business officials. As business officials, we are bound to standards. We're bound to the law. We're bound to policy. We're bound to regulations. Over time, we acquire that knowledge, and without you know, quote, throwing shade at any other, you know, office or whatnot, our stances sometimes are not malleable. 
we have audits, we have reports that we have to stick by. And also, as I said, laws and regulations. Um, when it comes to the area of self-interest or what other uh, people, groups, or departments want to do, and I'm not saying this in any malicious way, sometimes it doesn't coincide with what the business office can either finance or move forward mm -hmm. with for that's one true. reason or another. And that's where the politics become an issue because that person may have more seniority, more longevity, more power than the business official. Um, you and know, outside of the line. Right. Yeah. The, the line, of course, gets blurred. So the navigation becomes hard because you have to do the right thing. You also want mm -hmm. to do the right thing. You don't want to tarnish your reputation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, politically speaking, you have to be mindful that there might be other forces or factors at work. So in order to successfully navigate that, there are a few important things to know. Number one, what is, what's the background of the issue? What's the background of the person? Can your budget or can your practices in some capacity support that? When in doubt, contact a colleague, contact a friend, contact legal counsel, or contact your auditors because their perspective will give you that insight to navigate certain issues, whether it's funding a program, renting uh, the field to a certain group. That history, that understanding is key, especially for a new business official. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and, I, and I'm curious too. I mean, the, the field piece in athletics is just kind of its own quagmire of politics yes. because most of the time parents are very passionate about athletics and, you know, seeing their, their children play. And then the community's equally as passionate about using the facilities. So, you know, you've, you've been in a couple of different districts. How do you approach kind of the culture and the history and the tradition of a district, even when it doesn't necessarily align with, as you were saying, like our guidelines and our policies and what we can and cannot do? How do you kind of approach that and maybe not make something so incendiary all the time? Right. So the, when it comes to the issue of district facilities and district use, the first thing that a business official or any school official has to have uh, knowledge of is whether there is a an underlying policy and or regulation um, and also if there and the schedule that exists for building use turf use athletic field use mm -hmm. because it's there for a reason whether it's because that is a source of revenue for the district that they cannot uh, forsake or give up for something that's not going to be included in that revenue stream but also there are some groups that have that do come into districts wreak havoc and you know they wait for the next iteration, the next business official, and try and get back in. Um, it's important to have number one the history of the facility and the place and the group, and also when they want and how how to coincide that. Can exceptions be made? Yes, but they have to be documented, and those exceptions really should go before the superintendent and or the board if the board does adopt right. a facility use schedule every month. And several districts do that um, so that there's an understanding. At the end of the day, though, it is very important to recognize that the, the fields are not owned by the business office. They're not owned by any of the offices. It is the communities. Mm -hmm. right. So there is right. a bit of a stake there, and that's the, where the politics get introduced. But the balance is what you do for one, you'd have to do for another. But preservation of those grounds is the key talking point when making some of those, quote, hard decisions you can always tie that back to a policy or regulation. I can't keep the gate open past eight o'clock because X, Y, and Z. And I also have to have the field in good shape for the next morning that's going to start at eight, something like that. 
Yeah, you know, Sam, you, that's a great, great point. Um, and I think, you know, for our listeners too, maybe, um, you know, because I want them to really hear, because you you got that experience, that breadth of experience that goes um, way back. Maybe some of the hot button topics or issues that have been in the past as well as present day that, you know, how is a business official, you know, they come to the business office, how do you go about handling them? The first thing is understanding and respecting the history. When I say respecting the history, it it exists, it happened, and you have to learn it. Whether mm-hmm. a district or a superintendent or a board wishes to go in a different direction, if you don't understand the history, you know, it, it can take it can take a turn not for the best sometime. Also, that history of what had happened previously, how long was someone here? How did they calculate certain um, certain things such as, you know, a tax levy or use of, as I said before, use of athletic fields, or how did they compute certain line items in the budget? It's important to really, really delve into that in the beginning. Um, and what I mean delve into that is maybe it's opening up an Excel sheet, exporting it, sitting down with any of the treasurers or assistants or the clerical staff who really hold the most knowledge. Okay. The key relationship relationships to maintain, and sometimes it is in that order, is your immediate, you know, secretary or secretaries, your, you know, assistant and treasurer and your business office staff, because they hear, many of them live in the communities that you serve. They know what the history is in order to establish that uh, foundation. They're also going to tell you what are the topics that have come up, such as transportation, such as a block or a group of families in a certain neighborhood that have been vying for transportation and again, wait for the next person to come in or wait for a new board member or whatever to bring their case forward, even though it might violate policy or regulation. So those are the hot button topics and how to approach them in that, in that limited sphere. Now, what are the actual hot button topics, especially this day and age? And I've seen it time and again, transportation. This has become a major issue post pandemic, particularly because of the safety aspect, the, shift in perception related to health and safety. I have seen that time and again. Believe it or not, calculation of tax rates, uh, tax levy, um, and, and, and budgets in general, because it is a different world. You know, when you, when you start um, exceeding certain thresholds, my budget's over 50 million. My budget's now across the 100 million mark. So those are some big issues because where's my money going? I don't have kids in the school. Uh, you're overtaxing me. My school tax bill doesn't relate to you know what you presented. That's another hot button topic. Athletics. If you're in a district that does have an athletic program at 712, that's always going to be a big, big issue because how much are you funding for athletics versus other programs? And what I mean by other programs, other non-curriculum programs. That's those are one of uh, the big ones. And I hate to say it, this is going to sound really strange, but we get. You know, we get this in a lot of places. Food service. You know, that can be a really, really controversial topic at times. Oh, yeah. yeah especially can. when it comes to equity and making sure that all students are fed. Exactly. Uh, and Sam, you, you brought up a really... food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you brought up a really interesting point that I've experienced in my career, and I'm sure everybody has at some point, but I don't think we speak about it enough. And you, you mentioned just the approach in which an individual calculate certain things in a budget. So you had mentioned like in New York state, we have the New York state tax levy limit or the tax cap. Mm -hmm. 
I've seen many different kind of interpretations of how to go about that and what's included in the formula. But I just find that so fascinating because I remember I started a previous district and the way my predecessor had calculated was a little bit different than how I was approaching it. So can you dive into that a little bit further? Have you been in a similar scenario where you're like, well, wait a second, I see how this person calculated it, but I'm used to doing it in a certain way. Um, how did you kind of approach that? Because I know the guidelines are the guidelines, but yep. there is some that's left to interpretation. So how do you kind of approach that? So at times there, there are a few uh, items in the tax levy limit that are I don't want to say subject to interpretation, but the numbers can shift, whether it's building aid or your pilot numbers. In particular, because pilot numbers are subject to the taxing jurisdiction, mostly. So if a pilot goes on the books after the tax levy is calculated, and that can happen. Heavily mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in heavy. I said new law recently to give you your yeah. notice. Right. Um, that's what, well, yes. Um, then you're going to have a disconnect between what you calculated versus the number now that you're putting on line two or three in the following year. You will. So the the easiest way to approach it is to really just go to your superintendent and say, we need to bring this out in public, that this was right. on, there might have to be an adjustment and work it from there. And that has to be, and I, and I cannot stress this enough, that must be in consultation with the auditors, with your external auditors and or the controller's office. It cannot be done in a vacuum. If it's done in a vacuum, you're going to run into trouble. Right. And, and just real quick for, for our listeners, because we are all over the place. Can you mm-hmm. explain what a pilot is? Because that may not be yeah. the same thing outside of New York. I think you're flying somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not like the pilot we talked about in Alaska, but when, it's an oh, acronym. Yeah, what sure. does it stand for? And can you just explain it a little bit? Pilot is an acronym for a payment in lieu of taxes, which is a taxable property not on the tax roll. It's a separate agreement agreed to by the taxing jurisdiction and a business or a business yep. that they pay an alternative amount instead. It's considered a tax cap exemption. It is an extremely uh, touchy and controversial subject uh, within in, in, in several areas and continues to be um, based yeah. on how the agreements are structured. With respect to uh, pilot agreements. So that's just one aspect of the tax levy that can be, you know, subject to interpretation and also subject to change based also on how the, that agreement is structured because they're not all the same. It could be a percentage. It could be quote unquote CPI, which yep, CPI, <laughs> you know, which yeah. month, which year. Um, mm-hmm. That's one. The other is building aid calculations. Very well seen at many times that building aid um, is suddenly uh, reduced or increased from year to year based on when a project was submitted, based on when debt falls off the books, et cetera. Those adjustments have to be taken into consideration. That's a hot button topic because it could drastically increase your tax levy limit or drastically reduce it. But the way about it, because again, it's a hot button topic. You're talking about money. You're talking about people's taxes. Come forward with the facts. Have all your backup. Speak to your auditors. Speak to the controller's office if need be. Speak to facilities planning. Document all of that. And then you have to go to your superintendent and say, we need to speak to the board about this, preferably first in executive session, um, because it could deal with some other issues that can't be discussed in public. That's his discretion. And then go forward with it in terms of budget planning. But all of that, again, um, is you know part of the daily 
operations of a business official, and they're going to encounter that at one point or another. And, and for those who don't know, just so you know, when you receive more pilot mon- money, you're you, you can levy you only levy less. In other words, yeah. like your levy will go down. Your tax cap as you receive more pilot money, you won't have the um, the ability to to raise as much in taxes. So, and, um, and that's you know, Jack, that's a really good point to also mention because the initial shock is, oh my God, you know, we're we're doomed. We can't levy as much. But the answer is. You're getting it in another revenue stream. In a pilot, correct. Right. Exactly. Right. Although it's not equal at times. Correct. Correct. Yeah, because you can't build off of that number necessarily every single year because that's going to fluctuate. Because you're, right. you know, you're only as good as your previous levy. And it's again, it's it's important like to that. maintain a relationship <laughs> with that jurisdiction because they can also explain the length of the agreement, what's happening, if there's a hearing. Those hearings are good to attend sometimes, just to kind of yep. see how things I've work. Been there. Which I actually, that's a great point because I know their follow-up question. I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole on pilot specifically, but uh, it is a, such a huge issue. And in my experience, even though pilot agreements are such a huge contributor to the tax gap and for school districts, in my experience, oftentimes school districts are kind of the afterthought when these agreements are being structured. Have you seen that as well? Because in previous districts, the industrial development agencies that are working with these businesses to structure special revenue agreements, the school district isn't really invited into the conversation. What what has your been what has been your experience with that? That's been, you know, that's definitely been the case. Um, you you get a letter saying that the hearing's happening tomorrow. You want to yeah, go or yesterday or yesterday, <laughs> and and it's it's already a done deal. Um, right. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just it just happens. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to those agreements, however, it's very important to know what the school share is going to be because right. that's going to affect your revenue side of the budget. And also and, and also whether or not that property was previously rented, if it's a new construction, who's going in there, because that also may have effects on enrollment, traffic, transportation, et cetera, because not all pilot properties, you know, may may have this same um you know, the same business effect. They may not right. all be manufacturing or production. They may be a trucking depot or something else, which then affects, you know, your transportation routes or who's moving into the community in terms of like, are you going to have a bigger population of students now because it's a bigger industry? It's very important to know that because that's where the dollars and cents are really going to matter and negotiations with that organization or the town uh, may intensify or take a different direction. So, okay. Sammy, who do you trust? And I guess in most or any situations involving the financial implications, you know, uh, concerning your district, and, and I guess tell me why and when would you trust these people or person? You have to be able to trust your 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 administrative assistant and your treasurer slash assistant implicitly because they will offer you perspective over time that you may miss, not know, or not think of, number one. Um, You have to develop and build trust with your superintendent over time, especially if it's a long-term relationship. Um, You you have to have those relationships. On the outside, you have to have a colleague. Um, I always say in another district or another organization that you can bounce ideas off of. Okay. with discretion and you have to also know to trust you know your auditors and and you know mm-hmm. with, with specific situations and obviously don't border into uh matters 
uh, of other areas and departments, legal counsel as well. Th- those those are those are absolute uh, absolute musts. Um, if you if you can't trust your staff or you can't trust your immediate um, lieutenants, it's going to be a problem because w- we have a reputation of operating on an island sometimes, and that island can be very lonely. So mm-hmm. in order to kind of get off that island, you know, to the mainland, you need you know those those mechanisms, so to speak. And those mechanisms are the people that are around you that you can trust. And again, that have the history, that have the knowledge, but also, I mean, I hate to say, they will also give you that encouragement, that push sometimes, because being in some some politically divisive situations or some difficult situations or, you know, where, where it's, you know, things just aren't going right, you, you need that push sometimes, to be completely blunt. Yeah. And, you know, you've named some really key individuals that a school business official needs to partner with and collaborate with. And trust is huge. I don't necessarily want you to get into any specifics, but have you been in a situation where maybe one of those individuals you've mentioned before, you didn't have that level of trust and you kind of had to work through that? Like, what, what did that look like? Yeah. And, and it's dicey because, you know, again, one of the key things to always remember is who's connected to who, who knows who, who lives where, how long have they been there? For a lot of people, once they are in any position, that may be where they're going to be for the rest of their career. So, you know, trying to shake that or uproot that or, you know, even disturb it can be, you know, almost calamitous, you know, for a business official. That's something to always keep in mind. And that's something that was taught to me, you know, believe it or not, in grad school when I was in my 20s. Wow. Don't, you know, don't think you can go in there with a sledgehammer and change the system, especially for people who are lifers. You know, that's where you have to be either very cautious as to what you offer, what you say, um, you know, especially when I, I hate to say this, but divulging information about your personal life or, you know, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. what we should do this weekend, stuff like that. I mean, as, as mundane and, and basic as that sounds, um, that's one of the ways you, you work around it. And sometimes it just has to be all about business. And all about just okay. We're going to work on this. This day we're going to work these numbers. And you and but the key thing that that will always help is you always listen. You don't yep. dismiss. You always listen and respect, especially with those that are their lifelong careers in one district. Because you could even argue you're messing with somebody's identity and them personally if they you know they spend the entirety of their career at one place. So coming in and trying to make waves of change is not always yeah, you know, and, advised. And, and sometimes. People don't want change, right? You know, as much as that is Correct. a theme in what we do, it, it, there has to be also a recognition, and that's something acquired over time and learning. As I said, the history, the respect, the culture. Maybe they don't want that, and you know what? That's fine for them. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a bad thing, right? Well, Sam, thank you for for spending some time with us. Uh, you know, every you, every guest we have on, we give them an opportunity to just kind of leave with some parting words of advice. So. You know, if you have a new business official sitting in front of you or somebody you've been working with for a long time, what would you say to them in terms of giving just advice in general in the field? It's a dynamic job. It's a very rapidly changing job in terms of responsibilities and uh, understandings. Um, But there is a great network out there on so many levels. And there is recognition that business officials are extremely important and valued right now. So that, you know, sometimes again, as as I said, that motivation, that push, so to speak, that someone may need, it's out there and be involved in those networks. 
ASBO on any level um, or any advocacy group because everybody's experience in the business office, their story, so to speak, has an effect on what goes on in everything that go that we do statewide, nationally, et cetera. It's not done in a vacuum. Um, and that you may think, oh, you know, I'm in a small district. It doesn't matter. No, it actually does because it deals with money. It deals with communities and it deals with education. That's what we're here for. Um, and also for new business officials, um, again, something taught to me many years ago by, by a wonderful colleague, get to know and understand the other offices, get to know and understand HR. Get to know and understand curriculum. Once you have that dynamic in place, almost like you know Phil Jackson's famous triangle, mm-hmm. you, you start to really, really have a, a, an incredible grasp of the school system as to why things work and how things work and why what we do in the business office filters down to the education and success of the children in a school district. If you don't have you know, that uh, that aspect becomes a lot more difficult. And then you won't find yourself on that island all by yourself all the time. Which can be very lonely. It sure can. It sure can. Well, Sam, thank you again Sam, for your time you. today. We had a great time speaking with you and, you know, really offered some sage advice to our listeners. So we appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, gentlemen. Thank you so much as always. And thank you for what you do as well. Thank you again for tuning in today to SBO Perspectives. Political conversations can be tough and they can be really nuanced, but I think Sam really wrapped it up nicely for us today. Yeah, this is a little bit more difficult topic to cover, right? Um, It's sensitive, you gotta be careful, Uh, but we needed to get this out there, John. We need folks to really get the inside and who better else other than Sam to bring that to us. Um, Right. The school business dynamics are are, are really, like he said, they're they're shifting. Uh, They're delicate. yeah, and, and so, um, you know, when you're dealing with um, the different constituencies and stakeholders, you have to really know how to navigate. And that's the, the common theme here. Um, these politics can, can make you or break you. And I like, yeah. what was that line you said about, oh, you're only as good as your uh, My last, board laughs at me every year when I say that <laughs> during my budget presentations. You're only good, you're only that, as good as your previous tax levy. That is true. And so, you know, who are you trying to please? You know, you get the numbers on your side. Otherwise, again, right. it could be an issue. So, um, but this is good. So we hope you really like this. And uh, each week we bring it to you. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.